Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you. It's Christmas season and it's Greatest Hits Month here on the Roach Coach Podcast. And things things were a little wild last week when we were dealing with Al and ministry and drugs this week it was my pick to pick a greatest hits and i deliberated and i talked with some people and i talked with rachel and i was like i'm, I'm trying to pick a band and she goes you're gonna do sloan right and i was like well when you put it like that uh because they are indeed my favorite band of all time and it just made the most sense so we were talking about sloan uh, and their greatest hits album, A-Sides Win, singles 1992 to 2005. We're going to talk all about this record. We're going to talk all about Sloan and their hits. And as my gift, as my gift to you guys and to our listeners, which I hope I hope you enjoy it. Uh, but before that, though, we have got to talk about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is? More importantly... Who's on other podcasts? Who's on the other pods? A lot of people, but us. We, as a group from the Roach Coach podcast that you are now listening to, did an episode uh, of the POD cast. So we did. We we faced off. <laughs> we faced one another, and uh, I had a great time. I'll speak for myself. Yeah, I had a great time as well. Uh, I think we had not yet recorded uh, with them when we had recorded our last episode, and we have since recorded and received a lot of great feedback from our current listeners, from new listeners. We had a great time with the guys. They said they had a great time. They said, let's do it again sometime. We were like, yeah, let's do it again sometime. So we're probably going to do something again sometime. We had a really good time. And if you haven't heard it yet, it's over on the uh, POD cast, cast with a K, uh, on their Patreon. So check it out. It's definitely a lot of fun. Matt, you also, I know, had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. And um by the time that this episode hits our listeners' ears, I will have done the discography discussion KMFDM episode, which will be coming out in the next few weeks, if not even sooner than that. There we go. I did I did have that written down as well. And so I gotta know, coming out of this, how do you feel? Because that's twenty one albums. Twenty one albums. What's your prep time for that, Matt? I have been listening to two to three albums a day for a, f- a few weeks. And let me just tell you, uh, my respect again for you all. And these are cursory listens at best. Because I will tell you, uh, spoiler alert, KMFDM has like three albums. And then they just <laughs> mix them up to make another record. There is not, like, great leaps that happens. They have kind of, like, three eras of of uh, KMFDM. A fledgling beginning that, that morphs into pure Nine Inch Nails uh, industrial hype in the 90s into the collapse of the group and then the re- reformation of the group. But, yeah, they, I mean, I cannot believe how much output they have. But it isn't hard to believe when you hear the same riffs and the same songs. 
over and over and over again. Matt, I can tell from your tone of voice that you're not going to listen to KMFDM again for at least a little bit. Oh, oh, maybe never. (laughs) That'll happen. I'm going to say that Drug Against War is a great song for the rest of my life. I'm going to say Godlike and Light are industrial classic. Juke's Juke Joint Jezebel could probably get me, Megalomania could probably get me on a dance floor. That's the only context I ever want to hear these songs in, is that if I go back to City Club <laughs> with a pitcher of beer, and I'm like, I want yeah. to dance with people who don't give a shit what I look like and how I dance. Hey, let's get that vaccine rolling. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Let's get that vaccine going. Uh, so yeah, so definitely check all of us out on these other pods. Now we got to talk about a segment that I love. Maybe it's just for me. It's called "Who's Chains and Who's Getting Changed." Well, damn bones. Yeah, Lauren, <laughs> you take this one. All right. So <laughs> on uh, on Tuesday, December second, the <laughs> Mopop. In beautiful Seattle, Washington. The scene of the crime, as I'll call it. As Jenny will call it. Had a Founders Award benefit in tribute to Alice in Chains. Entire night just for our boys. My boys. Let's be real. And it was a star-studded event. Covers. uh, The band being covered by luminaries far and wide. The big moment corn covered wood and i shared the video on our facebook uh today as we record this and uh it seemed like the response was a little mixed from our listeners and that's fine but i think they fucking crushed that's my feeling that's my feeling i will say that they were able to recapture the sound of that song Heads, backup vocals. Heads, the secret ingredient on that he, shit. He really, really carried it because JD's JD. And I think from the comments that I read in my own personal opinion, he's the make or break for you on that because it is, he cannot be anybody else but JD. You know, mm-hmm. so like you hear, it's him singing wood. Like it is not him trying to facsimilate another right. vocal style it's him doing it whereas like head is like nope here you go this is- <laughs> yeah i know uh, yeah so i uh, i thought it was great i loved it um uh other performances that night uh sound gardens kim thale uh did drone with uh chris novoselic from nirvana duff mckagan from gnr played drums on down in the hole down in a hole with shooter jennings doing vocals Billy Corgan did Check My Brain, and Fishbone did Them Bones. Oh, man. William Patrick Corgan. I have heard that this new Smashing Pumpkins album stinks. What's the word? Anybody heard it? (laughs) I haven't. I am a Smashing Pumpkins fan. Okay. So This is news to me. I did not know that. I did not know this either. Okay. I really like Smashing Pumpkins quite a bit. Uh, I have not heard it 
later Smashing Pumpkins for sure is a strong, but there's <laughs> like a go. level of just like pure nostalgia for like Ava Adore. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know what? It's um, funny. I was, I was re I read a review of the new one. I think I'm Pitchfork and they gave it like, I think like a, a middling five something. The and safest then, number you can give. And then I was like, oh man. I, th- I think they were talking about, I don't know what they were talking about, but I, I just went on YouTube and I ended up watching the Ava Adore video and it took me right back. I was like, man, these were the days. These <laughs> they were, were days. The days. They were days. Oh boy. But um, yeah, no, that's, I, uh, I think, I think I tried to listen to Zeitgeist, the comeback record. And I remember thinking, this was a mistake. Like yeah. both me listening to it and them making it. It was like a, t- a two mistakes coming together. I don't count any of that as like. It's not you your can canon. No, 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 no. You can count me out there. So maybe I'm not a true fan. I'm sure I would receive that feedback if I were to like post in a forum. I or try s- to talk to like a specific kind of dude about it. <laughs> So I'd accept that feedback. <laughs> I remember in college when uh, Zwan came out and uh, my roommate McCarty like really liked it and he thought it was really fun. And I remember we were doing our radio show at the college radio station and these other guys rolled in and McCarty's like, play Zwan. And so I'm like, okay. And these other guys were like, wait, Zwan? What? And McCarty goes, Billy's happy now. And I thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> like, like that was like, I wasn't even sure if that was those guys issue, but that was clearly what McCarty had, had zoomed in in and as the, as the criticism of Billy's Zwan. happy like, now. Give him, him a break. Now. Give him a break. Billy Corgan is on like a list of people whose, whose music I really like, but I would hightail a conversation just like get out of there steve albini is another person sweet mitchell Mm. was watching some some music documentaries the other night and one about recording studios came up and they showed steve albini on there and i was like i gotta get the fuck out of here he's like you like steve albini i'm like i like to listen to steve albini's music i don't like to listen to steve albini he's a lot he's a lot it's just not for me and you know what I don't think William Patrick Corgan or Steve Albini want to talk to me either. So, like, we're probably good. Everyone's good. Yeah, it's true. I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, with Smashing Pumpkins, as if they, if he just stops putting stuff out, I think we'll still have an equal good to bad ratio. But if he keeps putting stuff out, we will have a lopsided situation. Yes. I don't see a bright future there. I'm yeah, no psychic, but I don't think yeah, I need to be. It's true. It's true. Uh, but well, listen, we'll always have Siamese Dream. We'll always have Melancholy Infinite Sadness, an album that I will confess I have never listened to front to back. And um, yeah. Lauren, I give it a shot. I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. Um, my friend Amy is a huge fan of smashing pumpkins as well so you know i'll give it a try i'll give it a try 
Listen to me giving fucking You know, look, it's never too late. It's never too late. It's okay? never too late to get never past too the singles. late. Yeah, true. I never mean, too like, late. I love so many singles from that album. Zero, nineteen seventy nine. I'm a, I'm a child yeah. of the nineties. You know, it wasn't like I was ignoring these songs. I mean, I I listened to nineteen seventy nine recently. I think it maybe it was like. It was. I heard it in passing somewhere, and I was like, "Oh boy, this song. This is really." They were doing it then. They were doing the damn thing then. Let me tell you. Anyway, so uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so definitely. Uh, oh, I'm just you, having wistful memories over here. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, you know what? Let's yeah. change this podcast to just listening to Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> oh, about that? Uh, I would tap out pretty quick. <laughs> oh, whoa. Maybe this wow. is something we'll have to revisit. Oh, I'm going to change your minds. You just haven't listened to the Smashing Pumpkins with me. <laughs> if you do that, then That's you'll it. like it. That's it. That's you it. You haven't listened to it the right way. Oh, you're right. You're right. You uh, got me. Yeah. She, she, she you got know it. what? I fucking listen to new metal now, so obviously my <laughs> mind can change. <laughs> That's absolutely. Uh, so definitely, uh, I know if you go on YouTube, YouTube.com, you can watch all the performances from the Mopop tribute to Alice in Chains. I know I will. Jenny, we got to talk about who's in those DMs. Who's sliding up in? Well, I'll tell you. We got a DM from Pete Judge that changed our whole lives, really. It did. It did. Pete Judge says, just found your podcast for the first time. One of the first episodes I listened to was the One Minute Silence episode. Okay. It was pretty surreal hearing somebody read out two of my song meanings comments from 16 years ago. What? I was 11 when I wrote them. <laughs> Username Purple People, People Eater. Eater. <laughs> Just thought I'd share that with you. Enjoying the podcast a lot, by the way. I have to tell you, this might be... The all-time best DM we've ever received. One of them, for sure. And I never considered that any of these people might be 11 years old. (laughs) And now I feel like I need to take a long, hot shower. I'm so sorry, you children, that I've been mocking for four years. (laughs) So sorry, Pete so sorry wow. and thank you for sharing wow 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 this was i agree with you jenny the dm of dms <laughs> this thing i was like i got it we got a dm cool wh- wh- who's pete i don't know who pete is what's he got to say oh shit oh shit <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> all timer all time truly the twist I, yeah the twist that i didn't see coming we just listen if pete found us then that girl from flint who listened to the banana whose name i can't remember anymore but we gotta find her (laughs) that's true i mean i don't want muzzy to reach out (laughs) (laughs) but it'd be pretty cool if you got a message is like who's dave allison uh hey dave i'm muzzy ah (laughs) true true uh so pete thank you for making not our day not our week thank you for making our lives thank you we also got a dm from tony 
who said, Hello, all, the coach. I feel that recent episodes about Grade 8 and Drag Pipe dug out and dusted down two bands from my favorite strain of new metal. Forgot the genre defi- forget the genre-defined sounds of limp-not corn tones. Give me the bands either lost in the shuffle or met with little fanfare due to being too late to the party. As such, I implore you to cover Kooky Kansas Crazies Down the Sun and their self-titled 2002 debut. I know I recommended it a long time ago, but this grotesque grease fire of an album had everything. Down-tuned Jun-Jun Rifola galore, screamy smooth boy vocal yin and yang, studdedly unchinged member personas, overcrowded lineup, dimly lit warehouse music video. I could go on, but I don't want to spoil it for you. They also had a huge backing from Clown, who executively produced the album. Clearly influenced by Slipknot's methodology as well as their music, we have an entire song dedicated to keeping things in jars, entitled Jars. (laughs) 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 The wonderful, wonderful few sentences there. Along with the outro for Medicated, which features real samples of downtown drug casualties. Oh, boy. We can hear discussions of, among other things, the effects of ingesting large quantities of cough syrup, which echo the Marlon Brando's eyes hobo mantra of eyeless. There's also a tense undercurrent of urgency running through the album, not only generated by the performance, but also by these guys playing aboard a rapidly sinking genre, scrambling to rap and release their album before the entire rotting hook of new metal finally succumbed to the changing tides. Fun stuff! Also, please try Boiler Room Self-Titled, Dry Cell Disconnected, Loco. Yes, they actually named themselves after Cold Chamber's Spooky Core Smash, Just a Matter of Time. Cheers, all. Cheers to you, Tony. Tony, a wordsmith, a salesman. Coming in. I I mean, have I just ordered two copies of Down the Sun off of Declutter Store? Maybe. One for the car, one for the house, baby. Yeah, I got my house copy. I got my car copy. I'm never losing this band. Never. Gotta hear jars. Gotta listen. Look, I'm when reading. Lauren needs to hear jars, he needs to fucking hear jars. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to be in a place in my life where I can't hear jars. That's fair. That's reasonable. Right. But you it's know, not one of the songs that you sent me. It is not. I did not send you jars. This is Ben on the long list. This is, I think we call this the hot sell. That's a push. That's this for is sure. a push. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you something. We are already putting together our January album list. Maybe you might see a familiar face in there. Just gonna say. Wow. Jarry-wary. Uh, Jarry-wary. Four, Jar-y-wary. four hey. weeks, one album. Jarry-wary. That's right. That's right. You never know. Uh, 2021 coming up quick. The coach go crazy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yes. Uh, and um, we, got, uh, we just got a ton of DMs. Jenny, we got this DM from Jonathan Gordon. We did. Jonathan said, okay, I've been sitting on this for a while. Stuck somewhere between new metal and hard rock. And uh, Jonathan sent over incense perversion. Oh, I think I have that song right here. So let's uh, let's take a little listen. Trust me, I've had a godly year. Realizing the worst of my fears ain't nightmare. 
All right, I'm going to rewind because so much happens here. It's so much. These lyrics, I, I got to see if we can go through them again. Okay, all right. Trust me, I'm going to cut me here. Realize you're the worst of my fears. Ain't nightmare that I'm forced to live through. Plus I clap my nerves to survive. Right. What did he say? <laughs> what, did, what? What? Okay. What words were coming out of his mouth? Okay. One well, more time, but I'm gonna read the lyrics while he sings them. Okay. Thank you. Trust me. Trust me. I've had a crappy year. Realized the worst of my fears. A nightmare I'm forced to live through. Must I clip my nuts to survive? I thought I heard nuts. I've got an ear for nuts. <laughs> this girl's got an ear, and it's I nuts. can hear a nut a mile away. Oh, Jenny Nut Ear Social. <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah. what they call me. I don't like it, but they do call me, and they're not wrong. <laughs> I, I remember at Jenny's wedding, Matt, you might have remembered it too. Jenny was, it was this beautiful moment, and she was reading the vows, and then she paused for a minute, and then she kept going. And I turned to you, Matt, and I went, I think she heard a nut. Somewhere. Somebody said nut. <laughs> I did. I heard a nut somewhere. All right. All right. Let's get back into this. One second. Is she Whoa. is she making love to the dead? Is that she's what making love to? He touches her with his insect hand. She's making love to the dead. Oh, well, oh, guys, you have to choose between a bug and a corpse. <laughs> well, I mean, Fuck the corpse. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's 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 tough when it's like, um, hey, Jenny, you were seeing were you seeing like two different guys at one point? Who'd you end up <laughs> a, going a with? A bug and a corpse. Yeah, I went with the corpse. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, because uh, I know I'm going to get bugs eventually if I go with yeah. the corpse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Why Why get the milk when you can have the cow? Is that what this is about? You know, I don't know. I did like the song. Yeah. 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 I don't know how it's four minutes and five seconds long. It seems like they've used their ideas up. You I never know. I feel like know. we got a lot. I, feel I don't like even, we got I can't a lot even imagine fast. where we go. I mean, they give you so much in that first two that is more than you would expect. I mean... Dare I do something I don't do? Fast forward that? a bit? See what sure. happens in the back let's, 40? Let's see what happens in the back, yeah. All right, I'm going to go... I'm going to 240. We listened okay. to about 40 seconds of the song. All right. Let's go to 240. Never do All this, right. but let's see what Never. happens. Oh shit. Ooh. You fucking ready, Pit. <laughs> Never get ready. Alright, I love that. That uh that works for me. Listen, there are three things a song needs to have. Nuts. 
Necrophilia. Yeah. Hot fucking riff chugs. And bugs. And, chugs and, and bugs. bugs. Chugs and, and bugs. bugs. Four things. Four things. This chugs and bugs. Them all. They're a duo. They're a gruesome twosome. <laughs> a gruesome yeah. twosome. It's, so uh, this song, by my definition, has it all. And, uh, and thus is a success. Thank you. Um, I don't know what album this is from. I don't even know what year this song is from. On on our radar, incense. So thank you. Uh, we also got a, a DM from uh, Orion who said, "Hey guys, recently started listening to the podcast and I love it. If you guys haven't already had these albums on the list, Index Case by Index Case from 2005 and Music for the Massive by Apartment 26 from 2004 are albums I'd love to see in the running for the canon. Also, still waiting." On that 300% density by Candiria episode. That album is magical. Peace, guys. Thank, Thank you, you, Ryan. Thank you very much. Tucker Stone reached out and said movie month was great. I gotta say, listening to the three of you lately has been a real highlight of my week. Puts me in a good headspace the way very few podcasts do. Thank you. That's very kind. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Tucker. Mosher Mags over on Instagram sent us an ad. Love Mosher Mags. Love Mosher Mags. She sent us an ad. It is, I'm assuming, from one of her many Mosher Mags. If you're not following Mosher Mags on Instagram, you need you to follow You have her. to. It's perfect. You, incredible. It's wonderful. Every, it is. Every, every post is golden. So she sent us, a, it's called The Rule of Seven. It's an ad for Ibanez Guitars. It has picture of a head and monkey from corn standing with their seven string guitars and i love it a lot because i love the fact that it, they put the rule of seven and it just made me think about i mean what it's referencing of course is the rule of three in comedy and just how different things would be if comedy was the rule of seven it would take forever. Ugh. Wait a no, minute. No, no, no. Wait a minute, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to break this to you, but... Um, what? Mm-hmm. You mean to fucking tell me... What? That corn mm-hmm. has guitars that aren't six-string, like a standard guitar, like a guitar I could get right now. Right now. Right now. Even during this pandemic, you could definitely get a guitar I got one in this strings. room. I could walk over, plunk a few notes on it. Okay. But like you're mean to tell me that there's a seven string guitar and perhaps it has lent to something that one might call corn signature sound. You know what? I'm no expert on this type of thing. But I believe that is that is what is going on when corn are using the seven strings on their guitar. Jenny, can you weigh in on this whole seven string thing? As a string expert, I can tell you that there was a long time in the string industry where we could reliably know that the number of strings we had would be divisible by six. And when Korn started playing these seven string guitars that really made it tough on people who got great at math by sixes, <laughs> those extra strings, unless of course each of them played six guitars, which they don't, we tried to, tried to get that to happen but yes i i believe that is what's happening seven strings incredible incredible still 200 something episodes up earlier. 
<laughs> Jenny, we got we got one more. D- we got so many DMs. Everybody was just sliding into him. This Did week. Tyler says Roach Coach? Hey guys, just thought you should check these songs out. One Hand Killing by Twelve Foot Ninja and My Reward by Hail the Villain. Hope you do a review of these albums at some point. Matt, can can we sample these songs? I think we can. All right, I, I have One Hand Killing by Twelve Foot Ninja. Here we go. Now put your money where your mouth is. You have the method, but will you move mountains? This has become quite a vehicle with a roof or a grand ice ego. You have adapted to the wall. Your poor jailbird trace your song. with a chainsing in there i didn't feel a chainsing but i also was really taken for a ride with that song so it may have snuck right past me that that was a journey that was a real journey i look these guys up because i don't know a thing about them they're australian boys and they their genre tags are alternative metal funk metal gent avant-garde metal and progressive metal and I think that checks out. It was a trip for sure. I agree. Anyway, thank you, Tyler, for the Rex. And uh, finally, we did an episode all about the beautiful boys of Hoobastank. Hoobastank. I'll be honest with you. When we set that one up, I was like, is anybody going to be on board for this? Is anybody? And let me tell you, one, I mean, we got so many comments. I had to cut so many comments. We had so many. So thank you, everybody who wrote in. People were all about the hoob. Jenny, we'll start with Matt Lyon here. Matt Lyon says, I saw these guys open for Linkin Park on the Meteora Tour at the Palace. At one point, Doug asked the stadium if we wanted to hear a song they just wrote. The crowd was hyped. They proceeded to play Girls Just Want to Have Fun. 15-year-old me was quite tickled by this unexpected turn. Love me some stank. There you go. Gareth Davies said so this album was actually good it's a bit light for my taste but it absolutely deserves to be platinum certified i can see why millions of kids jammed to this i'm usually baffled by the appeal of pop music more fool me for ignoring them based on their genuinely shitty name does that mean i should reevaluate every other terribly named band could puddle of mud have been secret geniuses this whole time slow down slow down down. (laughs) you're gonna wreck yourself if you're not careful yes all right there's a song it's called check yourself before you wreck yourself and it's about overestimating puddle of mud (laughs) 
That is what it was about. Uh, Austin Counts says, you know when you hear a word said a lot and it just starts to sound really weird? That happened to me whenever Hoobastank was said, and it's already weird to begin with. Very true. true. Very true. Uh, Brianna Wolf said, I absolutely adore Hoobastank. Last time I saw them headline, they played with default, and the show was not in the year you'd expect. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, Brianna uh, they, Wolf, you're the best. Uh, you're the best. Uh, they finally released a pop rock album in 2018 after writing one of the best pop songs ever in 2006. Listen to it and try to figure out if they had had sex all those years after the self-titled. That song is called Inside of You. Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Matt, do you have... Oh, Inside a of You brackets, bit. debt puss? Yeah, I think I might be able to find it. <laughs> Uh, uh, here we go. All right, here we go. Cut it off. Cut it off. First, cut it off. First, first comment. First comment on YouTube. I sang this to my crush. Now I have to stay 509 yards away from her at all times. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I'm sorry to say this. No men should ever get any sort of additional power than baseline because this is what happens when you get popular. You know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna write some shit like this. What the fuck? You know, uh. you know, um I am a I it's no secret that I'm a fan of the Janks and I'm a fan of Third Eye Blind. And they have a song on their second record called Deep Inside of You. And I remember thinking that song in a context could be pushing it. It's got nothing on this song. <laughs> no. This guy. So so the question was, the question posed was, listen to it and try to figure out if they have had sex all these years after the self-titled. And I thought we'd hear the song and we'd have a definite answer. I don't know. I don't know. Such I'm- whiplash from the reason to inside of you indeed i am um... first date last date grand closing. you said it man i mean they always say you know you, lyrics in the context of a song are gonna always sound better than saying them out loud without the, the music and the melody behind them and i would argue that in the song, out of the song, saying what's it going to take to get inside of you is never going to sound good, baby. I co-sign that statement. Hey, 
you're a pretty girl. What's it uh, What's it going to take to get inside of you? Unless it's being sung by a cookie, <laughs> then right. I don't think that it would be it's okay. <laughs> That's right. It's possible that this was written for a cookie and yes. a man sang it. Mm. <laughs> accidentally <laughs> this is right yeah um if this was on sesame street and it was about 10 cookies needing to get inside of cookie monster's stomach perfection you know what it's not too late hoobas tank give old sesame street workshop a call brianna thank you thank you thank, thank you thank you so much uh marco says guys there is a third way between incubus and hoobastank and maybe more new metal than hoob a band called audio vent in their album dirty sexy nights in paris as a recommendation a recommendation for you thanks for the episode you made my day better well thank you for the recommendation and uh, Esme Louise said, Roach Coach, motherfucker. But yeah, this record is not good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Michael Newton says, Running Away From Me was about the only song I enjoyed when it came out. I was an over-emotional teenager with a way hotter girlfriend than I deserved. So I mean, one plus one equals two. In summary, she left me for a hotter dude. LOL. Thanks, Hoobastank. I blame you. So this was a case where I believe Mike Newton had intended to post this on songmeanings.com and it accidentally posted it in <laughs> <laughs> our comments. You know what? Happens, good, Mike. Happens to all of us. Chris Vasconsuelo said, story time. I met Rob and company in 2006 at Headliners in Louisville, Kentucky. And he posted a picture. He says, I'm the one in the black beanie. He says, the show was all right from my old man memory, but they only played the radio hits from the self-titled. They played more of the second album and the album they were touring at the time. My friends and I tried to activate the pit during Crawling in the Dark and got stopped as we were the only ones trying to activate. There was no jumping. There was no hands up. There was only standing and cheering occasionally. It was an odd atmosphere. Keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling, baby. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for this photo. Rob. A man of the people, signing for you. Good stuff. And that is it for who's tweeting. Thank you so much, everybody who wrote in, who slid into the DMs, sent us songs. Keep them coming. Send them over on all our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. It's Greatest Hits Month, and it's time to talk about our album of the week, my pick, Sloan, A-Sides Win singles 1992 to 2005 jenny when did this album come out this album was released on may 3rd 2005 come down indeed a come down record uh, or at least when it was released and i guess i guess we'll start with me it was my pick <laughs> so yeah uh yeah so um my history was sloan uh i first heard sloan on good old now deceased 89x in uh windsor detroit i don't remember what the first song that i'd heard from them was but i know like i know by the time that their fourth album navy blues had come out money city maniacs definitely was what really converted me over and uh i asked for that album for my birthday and my best friend bought it for me my best friend justin he bought me that album and we both listened to it together and both immediately were like these are the greatest these guys are the greatest and we 
we just talk about them all the time and listen to them in the car. We once did a, we once were working on a presentation for a, um, for an English class and we jokingly created, like, we didn't even end up doing it, but we like, basically were like, what if we do the presentation based around every single song on Navy Blues? And we found a way to tie it in. We were incredibly nerdy. It was an incredibly nerdy moment. But yeah, I've, every single album since, I've been totally on board. I've seen them in concert, I believe 20 times. And they were the last concert I saw before pandemic hit. I literally saw them. And then I think I you think came to Detroit, right? I came to Detroit. I saw them yeah, in March. And I think they I think they closed everything down like two to three days later. So it was yeah, literally last show. So, yeah, always very meaningful for me. This record um, came out, yeah, as you said, in 2005. Uh, I picked it up. I saw them when they toured it. Uh, they played a free set at Arts, Beats and Eats. I think it was our speech needs but it was at like the phoenix plaza or something oh yeah yep. yeah and they had really bad audio that night and they looked like they were staring at people off the stage like please help us let's get this fixed so it wasn't their best set that night yeah so yeah i did pick i have a physical copy here pick this up i'm pretty sure from your old stomping grounds jenny record time mm-hmm. in uh, roseville and when did you work at record time jenny Oh, what were the years? It probably was around 2005 to 2007-8, somewhere in that area. It's wild. I was in and out of that store pre-ordering Sloan albums for years, and you and I just ships in the night, never knew. Here we go. It's wild. Here we are. So yeah, so I mean, we'll get more into my history with Sloan as we go through the episode, but yeah, but long time fan, long time fan um jenny history with sloan so sloan has long been a pretty much like a peripheral band for me um i also first heard them on 89x they are canadian boys so they got a lot of a lot of play on 89x um so i heard them that way uh the only record of theirs that i ever got into probably was pretty together uh, I really liked that one. That's the only one I ever really like dug into. I realized when I was listening to this, I knew a lot more songs than I thought I did. And then I started thinking, what does this remind me of? Because I was having a very strong feeling the whole time I was listening to it. And I realized that there was a good chunk of time that I went out on a lot of like, couple date runs with dudes who are really into Sloan. (laughs) And this was one of the markers for me. It was like a joke in my mind when they tell me that they were into Sloan. I was like, this isn't going to work out. (laughs) Um, And I totally forgotten about that. Uh, But I was like, what is this feeling? And I'm like, oh, it's being out on a date with somebody I feel like I should really like and wanting to set them up with my friends because they're so nice and cool, but I'm not into them. And so it really brought me back to a time that's been (laughs) gone for so many years. I was like, oh, yeah, like flashed back to specific places and other things and people I tried to set them up with, which I will tell you. Learn a lesson from me. Don't try to set up somebody you've gone on a couple of dates with with one of your friends. They won't appreciate it, even if you mean it in a kind way. So that's my so, history with Sloan and being so, a terrible date. <laughs> so I got to know then. That means then you, you meet Mitch. Right. 
and never at any point is he like Sloan pretty cool. He never brings them up. No. In fact, I learned when I was listening to this that Mitch is not a Sloan fan. Not a fan? <laughs> not a fan. Whoa. And, and that's why we're happily married. You're meant to be. There it is. They're meant to be. Meant I to can be, be great friends with Sloan fans. Cannot marry them. Clearly. <laughs> that's Clearly. what I've learned. There it is. Oh, boy. Wow. Matt. History with the boys in Sloan. Um, let's see. Where do we begin? Um, heard <laughs> underwhelmed on 89X in the 90s and probably what? That's off a of smeared. So that's like 92, 92, um, 93. Kind of hits like perfectly in there. And then yeah. um, Coax Me. Coax Me, I think, is probably like one of the top 10 alt rock songs of all time. I just think it's it's like perfect. It really in, everybody will point to Nirvana or Pearl Jam, kind of summing up that like alternative thing. For me, it's coax me because it just feels like a coffee shop in the nineties. <laughs> um, and kind of uh, well, I got to have dinner with Sloan. That is a, a famous story of mine, which I think I've told on the podcast a, a few times. The record store I worked at, the owner um, was like. Hey, I've got this uh, because they had the story of Sloan is the band that could never break America. Um, they they have tried every which way but loose, and it just has never happened for them. They got really close with um, Twice Removed, so their next album, One Chord to Another, uh, was on a label called The Enclave. And it probably moved to another record label after that because they sh- they went out of business shortly thereafter the show. But basically, they were throwing all the money in the world at it and um, the, all the money they had in the world at it. And I got to have dinner with them, and they were very, very nice. They wanted literally nothing to do with Bill or I. Um, Bill was the guy who brought me. And uh, then we saw them perform at the Seventh House, which is probably one of my favorite venues of yesteryear. It was a very cool place in Pontiac above the Blue Note Coffee House. And it was like the perfect venue. It was just perfect. Had a little balcony. It was just an amazing, intimate show. And they just ruled. And um, yeah, they were just great. But after that, I really didn't keep up with them. I've heard, I will probably have heard a majority of these songs on the back half, but I just didn't go out of my way to buy the albums. Okay. Well, there we go. Jenny, who's in Sloan? I'll tell you who's in Sloan. Fucking tell you right to your face. I'll fucking tell you who's in Sloan if you give me just a second to scroll there. Uh, In Sloan, we've got Jay Ferguson on vocals, rhythm guitar, and bass guitar. Chris Murphy on vocals, bass guitar, and drums. Patrick Pentland on vocals and lead guitar. And Andrew Scott on vocals, drums, and rhythm guitar. That's right. Everybody in the band sings. Everybody in the band is playing guitar, playing bass, playing drums. They can do it all. It's one of the reasons they're the best. I'm not even going to try to tamp this down. Let me tell you, when you see Sloan in concert, they're just trading instruments, people jumping on the drums. 
Everybody's going around. It's like, who's got a song? It's a Patrick song. It's a Chris song. It's a Jay song. It's an Andrew song. What's going to happen? Incredible. I've seen countless shows, and the it, the, the the set list is never the same. They can some, sometimes you think they got to play this song, but they don't. But then they got so many other in their in their repertoire. When this record came out, they I think were like. They were seven albums deep, and they have since put out five more. So they have 12 albums altogether. Plus, they have two live records, a couple EPs, some comps. These guys are prolific. And they've been and- steady. Not like a lot of the bands we see. It wasn't uh, a nightmare to try to figure out who the fuck is doing this. Indeed. And, and through it all, same four guys. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. There was an article on The Ringer last year when their album 12 came out where they interviewed uh, a couple of them and asked them, how are they still doing this all these years later? How is it not him falling apart? And they kind of went into their whole philosophy. It was very interesting. So I love these guys. We, do we get to know? I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we'd it's, like it's, to know. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's, I mean, basically what they said is that it's, it's a, it's a four way split uh, four-way split division of labor that there is um, basically that's like a big part of it is that it's not that the, the fact that everybody is doing something there isn't any sort of like well this guy did more than me and what have you so they always have a four-way split and everything they know how to keep costs low yeah it, and they said like they all have enough of their own creative freedom in they all have a few songs in every album that nobody feels like stifled. Like there are some side projects and stuff, but everybody's like Sloan's my, everybody knows like Sloan's my band and also Sloan's our band. And uh, I mean, there have been some interviews I've read where uh, Chris has said some stuff that sounds a little frictiony about some of the other guys about how, and then they've also, I've read interviews with other guys where they talk about like, you know, this one song you think, should be in every show there's another guy in the band who thinks it should never be played and you know there's things that just come up but they've managed to make the chemistry work all these years later i can say that you know all these times i've seen them i've never felt like they've been like phoning in a show i feel like they always are like hyped to be there and i mean i think it always helps that i feel like seeing them in detroit that's the it's way like the it, best place to see them besides toronto yeah yeah or montreal them. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, because everyone's always hyped. It's always a full show, and I've seen them in. I've seen them. I feel like in the smallest venues, all the way to the biggest venues. I've seen them play the State Theater, now the Fillmore in Detroit, and I've seen them play a basement of a hotel in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, for a hundred college kids. It was packed in there. Had to be a fire hazard. We were tight. And uh, it was, I mean, that was, that was a hot show, both literally and figuratively. Yeah. I've seen them in all types of places and and they can, they can play to them all. It's, it's always great. I don't know. This is just going to be a big love fest for me tonight because these are my boys. Uh, Yeah. So this album, yeah. Covers. Yeah. Their first seven records. Let's see. What else is there to say? It says producer Sloan. Sloan generally has a co-producer of some kind on every album, but they are generally listed as the primary on it. And when you read interviews and stuff, 
any anytime they mention a producer, that person tends to be sidelined. Like they just needed in there more as like he was an engineer, but for contractual reasons, he had to be listed as a producer or something like that. So Sloan are largely running their own, running their own show uh, in that regard, and um, also are of course writing all their own songs. And because you know we got the pleasure, you got to have a little bit of pain. Our boy Robert Christ got reviewed the first five records so we're gonna dip into some of these reviews and i'm gonna let jenny read them because i'm a tender boy all right i think it's just fair so but i think i think uh if we've covered i think just about everything we need is there anything else we need to cover i feel like i might i could just go on and on talking about sloan all day there's anything else you feel that we need to to cover before we dive into these songs oh the the deluxe edition of a sides win came with a dvd of every single music video for every single single on this album, along with interviews about the making of all of these uh, music videos. Woof. And I, uh, you say woof, <laughs> I popped this thing in and I was like, wait a minute, interviews about the making of every single one with the members of the band? I literally popped popcorn. Wow. I was like, yes! How did I not know this was? I've owned this for 15 years. How did I not know this? So it was a pleasant surprise for me. Uh, so, yeah, let's, um, if there's nothing else, let's dip in. Let's dip in. The first track is Underwhelmed, which is from the album Smeared. She was underwhelmed if that's so So this was the first single off of Smeared, and this was, uh, for a lot of people, the intro to Sloan. This is genre. We didn't even talk about genre tags. Jenny, this album has just one genre tag. That's right. (laughs) It's rock. It's rock. Uh, If you go over to the Sloan main Wikipedia page, their genres are listed as rock, alternative rock, power pop, and indie rock. And I've always, like, people have asked me, like, what are they as a band? And I've always been weird about saying rock because they're not heavy the way I feel. Like, I always feel like if you're a rock band, you got to be heavy. I don't think of Sloan as heavy, but I don't like the term power pop. I've never liked it. You want it to be, like, weak pop? Mm, No, I just, I don't know. Power pop, I, I feel like it's... 
It's close to bubblegum. It's close to Yeah. It's it sounds like a demerit more than a descriptor. So I don't know. I mean, uh, and then the thing though is that like it's not it's not quite alt cuz it's a little too up and it's not indie cuz it's way too polished and crunchy. So I don't know. I don't know. I can't define them. I can't define my boys. I think this is the best song from Smeared, uh, which I think is my, uh, it's not my go-to record for them. It's it's definitely the one that sounds the most, I think, dated sort of in the sound. It's mm. there, de- definitely sounds very 1993. Although the production on this song does not sound, this sounds very thick and meaty. So I, I, uh, yeah, I've always liked this one. This is a, uh, I don't want to say a live show staple because they switch it up all the time, but when they bust this boy out, get ready. People are going to lose their minds. Jenny, thoughts on Underwhelmed? I think it's just a fine song. Heard it on 89X a lot. I was like, oh yeah, I know this one. Bopped right along? Bopped, Bopped right. same, same. Bopped right along. That's a 90s winner. It felt like 1992 in here. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like I said, there was music videos listed for every single song on this album. Jenny, I sent you all of them and said, do what you will. And so you you said you you watched a few of these. I watched the first five, and then I skimmed the rest. I have things to uh, do. I have a, a full time job. You do. You do. You're busy. <laughs> I woman. can't watch 16 Sloan videos. You did not do. pop any popcorn. You were just like, no. all right, Lauren. <laughs> no. I look, I was like, I bet this is really, really great for <laughs> so many people. <laughs> and I'm happy that this exists for everybody, but I don't, more for you. But I yeah, did watch the Underwhelmed video. It's It's a classic. It seemed like a classic 90s band goofing around, making crazy faces in a car type video. When they uh, when they interviewed the band about this one, they said that, yeah, they had us just sort of like showing up, but no ideas. And then they just sort of handed us props. And I think Jay is like pushing like a, a toy car around. And he's like, that idea was not good. <laughs> hey, hindsight, you know? Truly 2020. All right. Up next, we've got another song from Smeared. That is 500 Up. So I'll be honest, I did not know, I did not really know that there were any other singles off of Smeared. Um, Underwhelmed is really all that got played on Detroit radio and listening to the album, it's, I mean, this one you can definitely hear 
a little bit of the My Bloody Valentine influence going on a little bit with that guitars. Obviously not nearly as loud. Uh, but this is, I mean, this is fine. This is not really, like I said, this this Smeared is the only Sloan album that really sounds like this. And so this is not really, this isn't why I show up. You know, it's not bad, but uh, it's not my it's not my favorite from The Voice. Jenny, what did you think of this one? Uh, I actually liked this one. This gave me like a solid... This is like, if I hear this, I do think like this is power pop sounding to me. Like what, in my mind, what I hear, what I think of when I hear power pop would be this. And it's just very much like, I really have a a deep and abiding love for 90s, like alt pop type of music. Um, So I liked it. I was here for it. There you go. Matt. You know, I. I Am The Cancer was usually the single that they played around here, so I wasn't a big smeared fan. So, honestly, that was the first time I've ever heard 500 Up. There we go. There was a music video for this one, and this is another one where they were just using weird props. A remote-controlled Barbie car and a boombox, and at one point... Andrew sings lead and he looks like he's being forced to be in the music video by gunpoint. It it's all, I mean, what did you think of that video, Jenny? Uh, I really was just focused on the Barbie car. Cause I was trying to remember if that was the one I had or if that was earlier and, and it was not the same Barbie car I had and they put a duck head on a Barbie at one point, And that's all I remember from that video. <laughs> Yeah, they when they were talking about the making of that one, they said, yeah, there were these plans to try to make forced perspective and have us do these things, and those plans did not work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when we got when we got a video recorder in my house when I was a kid, my brother and I tried to do a very similar thing with a Barbie car and our pet rabbit, and it's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult for us young filmmakers. Uh, it sure is. I don't want to crush you, but I do want to read this Robert Kreisgau review of Smeared before yes. we move on to our Let's next block it. of songs. This is what our boy Robert had to say. As Nova Scotian as locks and bagels, it's orthodox North American neo-hip. The, spe- the specifics of the Halifax scene are irrelevant. Dissonant guitar decentered pop has become the province of anyone within reach of a culturally correct college radio station. Anyone left of center. A title that refers to, to, in so many words, pop culture rather than politics. The most meaningful song is the opener about a cool co-ed whose grade average is higher than the singer's, even though her spelling's just atrocious. Everywhere else, the ugly beauty of the guitar sustains... B plus. That's not bad. It's not bad, bad, but it's the start of the running theme (laughs) that Robert feels that Sloan is all style and no substance. Well, let's listen on and decide if we agree with Robert. Now, Lauren, I know that you won't, but I might. (laughs) (laughs) JK, Uh, I guess we'll find out. Up next, we're moving on to the album Twice Removed for our next couple songs here, first of which is Coax Me. I 
I can listen to that whole song. Oh, so man. good, so good. Love that one. Love that the, fucking song. It, it's a true. It's a true upgrade. Going from smeared to twice removed. Twice removed is when I I didn't get twice removed until uh, 2000. I bought it uh, at Sloan concert and I put it on and I realized for one I knew like half the songs already from 89x playing them over the years but it is it is really quite something it really really is uh jenny thoughts on coax me you know it's clear that i'm gonna be in the minority here but i think i prefer the smeared vibe to this but i didn't mind this to me was just like an okay song i don't remember hearing it the first time I heard it was listening to this. Um, I have a feeling that I'm missing some nostalgia feelings. And also there's probably just enough difference in what really gets us at our core uh, when like listening to stuff. That there's probably a little difference there. I would never say that it wasn't good. I will just say it wasn't my favorite on the record. There but I go. respect both of your opinions on it. Thank you. You're so welcome. I know it Thank matters you. deeply to both of you. I feel. I feel like you were handling. I feel like. I feel like before we started recording, someone was like, "Jenny, just hold Lauren's heart real quick and don't break it." Well, when someone gives you a gift, mm, it's, it's not true. polite to be like, "What it's the true. fuck is this?" Yes. <laughs> Has deep. that happened to me before? No. Could I imagine it happening? Yeah. Do I want to be the person doing it? For sure, no. <laughs> yeah, so this one, yeah, this is this has always been like an all-time great Sloan track for me. And uh, with with them, getting their albums was very, I got their albums like very out of order. I got Navy Blues first, and then I got uh, Between the Bridges, and then I don't think I got one chord to another until the summer of 2000 and then i got twice removed like the fall of 2000 and then i don't think i got smeared until like later than that and so and then i was all caught up but it i got them all out of order so hearing everything for a while i was you know getting acclimated uh because i'm pretty sure when i saw them for the first time they did some songs and i was like oh, i don't i don't know this one what, what, what is this so you know which i i've not had that experience since <laughs> going to see sloan i'm like i fucking know this one i know this one. Oh, they're playing this one total oh i i saw them in indianapolis a couple of years ago and 90 percent of the audience had never had was fans but had never seen them before and they were all talking excitedly about what might happen and i was like you guys don't even fucking know buckle up baby <laughs> so this was uh yeah this is this is very good now it's interesting this album only has two uh two singles from twice removed and looking at twice removed i was shocked to find out how all the other songs that i knew from it that were played on 89x all the time were deep cuts that they were just pulling they were playing pen pals and I hate my generation and snowsuit sound all the time. Not singles. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. What a, the fact that snowsuit sounds was not a single is blows my mind. Uh, deeper than beauty. Not being a single is insane to me off this album. That's listen, 
it's we'll, we'll get into the bona fides, but we got we got one more. Oh, and then there's a video. There is a video. Yes. Of course, there's a video. This one is. Uh, this had a pretty interesting um, story on the DVD. They uh, Chris Murphy had a lot of the ideas for a lot of these early videos. And so he would talk about how he had this great idea and he'd pitch it. And they'd be like, sure, whatever, who cares? And literally that, that seemed to be Andrew's thing. Andrew was like, all right, whatever you want to do, man. And so they were going to, they shot the video to, to just look just like a band performing on a 60s television show, like the Stones or the Beatles. And they shot it with tv cameras and and they thought it would look really cool and then they took it in and they were editing it and someone said well it's gonna look a little weird if you shoot it with this type of film because that's not what anybody else shoots it with you should change the look so that it looks like how the other videos look so it'll slot in better and chris said i should have held fast to my how i felt because i did what they said and then the video looked like a piece of shit (laughs) and when he showed it to everybody he said up we blew it wow well i have to tell you so lauren is kind enough to send me a brief summary with some thoughts of each video because he's a good friend and i read the comment for this video and for some reason was watching the video for people of the sky. And I was like, oh, this does look like shit. And then I realized I was watching the wrong video. And I was like, I felt bad. I know why that was like an inside thought that I didn't have to share with anybody, but I felt really bad. <laughs> like I had indirectly insulted somebody. I was like, oh no, that was a meanie thought. But I did think that I did like this video. So there's that. There's that. All right. So we've got. We've got another one. So we have, so yeah, so despite all those songs that I talked about being on Twice Removed, only one other one was picked as a single. That's right. And that is People of the Sky. I once knew a pair that used to fit very tight, but now a man standing tall in the wake of this night. His eyes are watery in anger at the thought of her sight. got a question for you lauren yeah do you think one of the reasons that they didn't hit in the states is because of pavement i don't think it's because of pavement because i feel like pavement is i mean i've listened to pavement and it's i've often thought like where's the hook a lot of the time and i think i think with sloan i think it was a bit of a situation of people wanted a little bit more nirvana they wanted Mm -hmm. a little bit more heavy which sloan isn't but also as they said in the making of of this video is that they were on geffen at the time and they went to geffen 
to get money to make this video. And when they were at Geffen, they said, hey, let I want to show you a new video for this band called Weezer. And it was Buddy Holly. And Chris went, oh, shit. This is the best thing I've ever seen. Can you give us two grand? <laughs> at least and he said it was very clear that the push at geffen was all about weezer and not about sloan and i forget i want to say they gave him like 800 bucks for this video and as jenny has already said (laughs) video (laughs) is real bad real bad real bad i mean they filmed it in the director's backyard i i didn't think it was it didn't it didn't look good but I didn't think it was a particularly bad music video. It just looked like a low budget music video. It just seemed like the band was sort of it was once again I it was weird that they were basically four videos deep and they're still doing another let's goof around video. And it seemed like when they talked about it that they were kind of like not really sure if they even had any ideas for this one. And and so yeah, it seemed it, it seemed like a real just missed opportunity. And there is a thing among Sloan fans, my friend Lawrence, other people, about whether Andrew's songs are the worst songs on a given Sloan record. Ouch. And yes, I know. It's a hot debate. And I I would for a while I kind of agreed with her, but then I when I've done like deeper listens, like there are a bunch of records where his songs are some of the best. Um Between the Bridges, he's got a lot of classics. Pretty, pretty together, he's probably got I don't know, like like top three on that album. So, you know, it's just that his his interests lean a little um I don't want to say like rockabilly, but just like a little more like a crunchy, like Southern sound sometimes. Andrew's been known to wear like a cowboy hat and he's very stoic. Classic Andrew. Classic Classic Andrew. Andrew Classic Andrew. So uh, yeah, this is, this is not, um, this is not my favorite from him and it would not have been like, yeah, knowing that this was actually the single and not snowsuit sounds, snowsuit sounds right there on your record that should have been the second single should have been the second single but it is what it is it is what it is i went over to songmeetings.com and just said you know maybe i would find some of my people and i found my people pink lemonade said i love this song sloan kicks ass uh my ham is mad said everything is pretty clear this is an intense song except the end he's with the people in the sky i hope that doesn't mean what i think it means and then the star man said, unfortunately, Ham, I think you're right, catches his once true love cheating on him. They stay together for two more years, but it falls apart and he just can't take it anymore. Catchy song and rough lyrics. Classic Sloan. And I was like, is that classic Sloan? <laughs> I don't know about that. But that it's funny. I, I've never really dived too deep into these lyrics. I always took it to be more of a like a hippie reference and a drug thing more than anything else but jenny i'm sorry go ahead no no it's totally fine i think it's time to hear from robert oh here we go robert definitely had some thoughts on toys removed and they are as follows 
Their popward shift doesn't change their specific gravity because they're all surface either way. Where before the noise was an intrinsically intriguing sonic signpost sweetened by their tunes, now their tunes gain savor from the noise. Talented boys absolutely often with something thoughtful to say about feelings the average college graduate has already thought through, and since I have nothing against surfaces, I look forward to their romantic maturity. I also advise the Algerian and Norwegian pen pals they crib from to demand points. B plus. Ouch. Harsh, Harsh words, words, kind rating. I also like surfaces is brutal. That is that is Shang Tsung saying fatality, as far as mm. I'm concerned. <laughs> true. That is very true. Keep your now, eyes peeled for the Mortal Kombat remake. By the way. Indeed. Oh, whew, it's coming out around my birthday. I'm <laughs> I very can't excited. Wait. I can't I wait. Super, sincerely. Super excited. I will say that in their native Canada, Sloan embraced, loved. 1996, a reader poll of Canadian ma- music magazine chart. There's an exclamation point. So that's the only way you can say the name of the magazine. Ranked twice removed as the best Canadian album of all time, only two years. After its release, in 2000, Chart Magazine ranked the album again, came in third behind Blue by Joni Mitchell and Harvest by Neil Young. In 2005, they had the pull again. Number one, baby. Wow. In in Canada, there you go. Um, Sloan have been nominated, I believe, seven times for Juno Awards, which is the Canadian Grammys. Um, they have only won once. They were nominated for Best Alternative Album for this album. In 1995, they did not win. I do not know who they lost to. I'm going to assume it was the Tragically Hip. <laughs> or the Bare Naked Ladies. Or Celine I, Dion. Or, for Best Alternative Album? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marin Cadell. Chantel Kraviasek. All right. All right, boys, it's time to move on to another album. This next album, we've got a few tracks from on this record. It's one chord to another. First song is The Good in Everyone. Man, I lost a big rude Jake. Would you please welcome to the stage? different show when we listen to slow oh it's a totally different show i wrote in my pop. notes i wrote in my notes that i'm like this is the closest that sloan gets i think to a ripper and um and it's funny you guys reminded me so i don't know you guys remind me just the show reminded me so uh, a lot of listeners of course all of our listeners who am i kidding normally hear us talk about 
new metal on this show. So, of course, I'm listening to Sloan and I'm loving Sloan. At the same time, that I'm loving LB, that I'm loving Corn, that I'm loving the Deftones. And I'm sorry, did I say the Deftones? What is happening to me? Deftones. Oh, Jesus. We got a, we've got a really spotty history of that. <laughs> we do. And and so when I went to college, I was living with some guys, and we're all talking music, and we're all talking about what we're into. And when I was talking about corn, they were like, nice. I was talking about Deftones, LB, they were like, yeah. And I was like, also, I'm really into Sloan. And they're like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who they are. So I would play them some songs. And a couple of the guys were like, all right. But my one roommate, Lee, he wasn't having it. He wasn't having it at all. And he used to be like, what is this? What is this music? <laughs> and one time I was listening to a Sloan album. I don't remember which one. I want to say it was twice removed. And it was on a ballad. No, I take that back. It was one chord to another. I'm pretty sure it was Junior Panthers. And that is one of the softer songs. And they go into a falsetto at one point. And he walked into the room and he took his hand and he put it in the air like he was feeling the note like a singer, like a like a like a diva would. And he goes, Huh and he walked out. And I never hated him more than that moment. And I had a lot mm. of other reasons to hate this guy, but I never hated him more than that moment. And I was like, oh, this motherfucker. And clearly, I've sat with that for 20 years. You okay, uh, buddy? Lee! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Hold so, on to that rage. You might need it someday. I might. So, uh, yeah. But this song, going back, one chord to another, The Good and Everyone. This song, I've seen Sloan open with this. I've seen them close with this. This thing is hot no matter what. Let me tell you, they start that drum with the riff. People lose their mind. People also meaning me. Incredible <laughs> stuff. Matt. People also meaning me. Yeah, it's a great song. I love this song. It's a classic. It makes you feel good. It does. It really does. Jenny, thoughts on the good in everyone? I think it's just fine. I think it's just a fine song. You got an Easy Rider music video. I tried with this video, but this was another one where I was like, what are we doing here, guys? This this is just, I mean, it's got like a, the, I think the intro is longer than the actual song. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, what are we, this, this is a video this is a song that more than anything needs a live performance video or a video of them interacting with fans and with an audience. And the fact that they're performing the song on an empty road to no one? Missed opportunity, in my opinion. Missed up. It's missed up. Missed up. All right. Let's keep on going. We got another song from one chord to another, and that is Everything You've Done Wrong. Welcome back to Roach Coach. <laughs>
so I'm gonna I'm gonna set a, I'm gonna set a stage for you. I'm gonna paint a picture for you. Summer 2000. We know that was a hot summer. White pony dropping. Mm-hmm. Queens of Stone Age rated R dropping. The streets are talking about this new Limp Bizkit album that's coming out. Did you hear? The song on the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack? I mean, super hot. I am listening to all of that. I also finally get a copy of One Chord to Another. I hear this song, and I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. I made everyone I knew listen to this song. And I was with a group of friends at the time who were all about this sound and this type of music so they were about i remember playing it for my buddy ryan and he's like oh yeah i love this this is great i'm totally on board this is great i love it yeah this was i mean i, I guess what i'm trying to say is those that i was i was running through all these different sounds at the same time and uh i have talked to people and they were like you were they would be always be like more surprised honestly that that i was into like limp biscuit and corn then i was into sloan and sometimes they would be like how can you how can how can one mind listen mm. to these two sings and, and i'm just gonna say it's possible it can be done i'm living proof uh so this is yeah this is one of my i i, I with one with uh in the good the good and everyone i this is like a top tier sloan song for me just incredible um when they do this live they don't have horns and they just have the audience do the horn part uh and it's super fun and always a great time uh jenny thoughts on everything you've done wrong uh i i like this song i think i don't really remember hearing this on the radio but it was on the virgin suicide soundtrack strangely enough and my local library had a pretty sweet selection of cds and I worked there, so I would just listen to them all the time. And that is where I heard this, I believe. Uh, so I, I like this song. Matt? I love this song. Uh, the, the horns give me a 70s vibe. Kind of a smooth rocking vibe. Good song. Pleasure to hear. Definitely, definitely. The, the song, we haven't really talked too much about what these songs mean. Just I've been talking more about how these songs make me feel. But this song, from what I can tell, is about how you might do some bad in your life, but there's always someone waiting for you when you come home. Mm. And uh, there was a commenter on songmeetings.com who said, that's right, this is a good song to listen to when you're coming home from jail. <laughs> I was <Yeah>. like, wow! <laughs> there we go. Now, as with all good things... There is always a yin to the yang. So yeah, this has a music video and it's not it's not very good. They filmed it in a hotel. Uh it's supposed to be a wedding. Uh and they're the the band. They are basically just taking a back seat to the antics of uh what's going on. I wrote in my notes to you, Jenny, that this might be the worst their worst video. Um, they seem pretty checked out. They basically said that they were told it was going to be one type of concept. And then when they got there and they filmed it, it ended up being something completely different. 
and it's yeah uh, did you just skim that one right jenny i did just skim it i think after the impact of the easy rider video and seeing that you were like this one's the worst i was like i'll take fair warning where it's given <laughs> skimmed through <laughs> i'll tell you on a skim through all these videos seem fine <laughs> all right well there you go i think we've got one more from one chord to another you are correct, and that last song is The Lines You Amend. Said you found a way to end it peacefully I remember finding shoes near the lake under a tree And I'm sitting on the shore I thought I saw you jump by It doesn't matter now, cause all you want to do was So this is not a, this is another one where I did not know this was uh, a single uh, from the album. And I think I would have, uh, I think I would have gone with, honestly, I, my favorite song on the album is probably Can't Face Up, um, which I always love. Uh, but this is, this is not a bad track by any means. Um, uh, but a little surprised that this was the, the single choice. Uh, you know, strummy, give me a. Uh, I, I really uh it really felt like a rolling stones influence on this song. huge 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 uh, but which is funny because so i love sloan so much and yet the rolling stones i do not care for i don't hate the rolling stones i will listen to the rolling stones but i don't really care for them in general and yet here i am loving stones influenced music it's crazy jenny thoughts i don't want to blow your mind but i thought this song was just fine (laughs) i mean this to me is just like the most middle of the road all right here we are we got a cheese and avocado sandwich (laughs) like (laughs) I don't know, like you're wearing sensible pants. I can tell you've got retirement savings on the mind, but I can't see you again. And I need to introduce you to my friend who I know you'll love. She can knit like a motherfucker. She's extremely kind and smart. Oh, you don't want to meet my friend? That's on me. That's how I feel right now. Uh, you know what? This this does kind of fit, Jenny, um, because yeah, your your type of guy is not he's not going to be wearing since uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I've I've known Mitch a while, and I've hung out with Mitch. <laughs> Mitch, he's not a sensible pants kind of guy. <laughs> he's not. He's not. Mitch is. Let's 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 talk about. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Matt Mitch is sleeve tatted up mitch you see mitch walk into a room you're like don't mess with this guy 
I think Mitch is the most normal person I've ever met. And I, I am really love, I love that whoever listens to the show now has this intimidating, impractically pants wearing person. And I just want you to keep building this Mitch that does not match. It's so good. Uh, yes. Uh, I once asked Mitch, I said, what's the story on, I don't know, one of his tattoos? And he was like, oh, my friend gave it to me for free. That's how most of these are. And I was like, oh. And he's like, yeah, just, you know, get a free one. And I was like, this guy. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how chill he was. It was one of the early times hanging out with him. I was like, this guy is chill. So, yeah. No, Mitch, one of the nicest. Um, but the pants, not pants. Well, those pants are impractical pants. <laughs> the pants you wore at your wedding, I remember turning to you, Matt, going, "Those pants." Well, are those not would never do. Those are practical, but this is this is what she wants. <laughs> this is what she wants. The heart yeah. wants what it wants. <laughs> the heart wants what it wants. That's exactly so right. true. So true. <laughs> Uh, Sloan won the Juno in 1997 for this album, best alternative album. The one year where they said, "Hey, bare naked ladies, this time it's ours." Um, in a 2000 poll by Music Magazine chart, this album was voted the ninth greatest Canadian album of all time. And in the 2007 book, the top 100 Canadian albums, it was ranked 34th. I have to tell you. Oh, uh, Robert no. Kreisgau did review this record as well. Here we go. No words, simply a bomb. Oh. He gave it a bomb. Not feeling it. Not a fan of surfaces anymore. Something changed. You know what? You know what, though? You know what's tough sometimes? You know what happens when you look at a surface, a shiny surface? You see yourself. <laughs> That's right. Maybe, yeah, maybe he just came to hate himself. I don't, I don't know what I don't, happened, I, but I don't he wanna, did not like you know, this record. More than, Jenny, more than likely what happened was he looked in the surface, it was shiny, he could see himself, and he could see what shirt he'd picked out. Mm. And he went, what am I wearing? <laughs> I look like a dork. Ah! Yeah. I'm going to give a bad review. <laughs> Do I don't like know. it. I don't like it. I will say, when I'm in a grumpy mood, sometimes the bands we talk about on here don't get the same shake they would get if I'm not in a grumpy mood. So It's true. It's true. It's true. That could be the reason for the bomb. Mm. Up next, we've got a couple songs from, I believe, Lauren, this was the, the album that, ca- that captured your heart. Yes. Navy Blues. Uh, the first track that we're going to listen to is Money City Maniacs.
So what are the lyrics there? Because it's bodies covered in goat piss is what I always hear. Really? Whoa. No. The lyric is... (laughs) The lyric is, Matt. The joke is, is that when he awoke, his body was covered in coke fizz. And the song is basically about being on tour, goofing around... And either playing pranks on the bus, playing pranks before shows, or just basically just lounging around. And the next thing you know, yeah, somebody wasn't paying attention and they're covered in something, you know, covered in a, you know, something. Which, honestly, I think every band can relate to that. We just watched that corn <laughs> backstage antics That's video. Right. And you know what? Sometimes the joke is that you're covered in coke fizz. Sometimes the joke is that Head's going to pretend to fuck a lamb for 8 to 11 minutes. You know? Mm. (laughs) That's just how it's going to go. True, true. So this song, uh, truly a life changer. Hearing this song, I remember thinking, this is one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. I need this album in my life. I think this is, if this isn't their best song, it's top three. I've never, I think... Somebody, I think our friend PJ and I once did like a ranking of songs. I'm trying to think where I would have put this. It would have been near the top. It's it's a it's an easy, it's an easy go to. I've seen them close with this song many a time. It's a great closer. Um, get that siren going. It's real hot. This is also their best video. They, let me tell you, working my way through these videos on this DVD. And I'm watching this as a Sloan diehard, but also realizing that as a Sloan diehard, for some reason, I hadn't really ever seen any of these music videos. And as I'm going through, I'm just like, these videos are not cutting the mustard. Bumming me out a little bit. Please, Money City Maniacs, bring it back together. And thank God it did. This thing, they're just doing these rock poses cool effects it's great i love it i love it this is an all-timer great jenny what do you think of money city maniacs i like it i think this is the first i'm pretty sure this is the first sloan song that i really heard like a lot and remember being super duper present i have to tell you though that I cannot hear a song start with a siren and not want to hear Pitbull <laughs> and not want to listen to Onward to Victory by I Ice know, Kick. I know, I think of the- <laughs> <laughs> Pitbull. Which is what I did when I, the first time I listened to this, I was like, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to listen to that song. I'm going to come back. <laughs> going to listen to Ice Pick. I'll be right back. That is 100% what happened. And I was listening to this on Spotify and I went over to YouTube because you can't listen to Ice Pick, or at least not this song on Spotify. So whenever my screen would like close or whatever, it would start playing Sloan again. So it was really very confusing in my headphones to go from Ice Pick to Sloan to Ice Pick to Sloan, but I'm okay. And I really do like Money City Maniacs. I think this is a really fun song. Matt. Top tier. Top tier Sloan. I'm not surprised that this is the one that got you in. It's got, it's such a Sloan song. 
It is textbook yeah. them. Yeah. If you hate this, you hate Sloan. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a really good way to put it. This is yeah, this has always been yeah, this was um <laughs> Wait, wait, keep listening. <laughs> just uh just Yeah, work. yeah, stick with us. Stick with us. Uh yeah, I'm going to do uh, Prowler soon. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. We're going to bust out some characters. Who knows? <laughs> uh yeah, for me for me this uh yeah, just this is what this is what I want, and uh, this is uh, we haven't really gotten into much, but but basically, you know, every song, you know, has one primary songwriter. They only have done, I believe, one. There's only a couple albums they've done where they've written as a group. Generally, they write all the songs individually and then bring them to the band. And most of the time, actually, they said I don't think they've recorded an album all together in a very long time. They said generally there might be like two to three of them in the studio at a given time, but generally never the four of them until it's like time for like band meetings and rehearsals. And so this was, this is a Patrick song. This is very much, if you listen to the band and you can, you start to be able to pretty much tell this is a Patrick song, like good and everyone is a Patrick song. Um, everything you've done wrong is a Patrick song. Um, and Patrick is also somebody who's, uh, considered something of the guitar hero of the band. He's been on some like guitar, guitarist lists and he cites a lot of, um, guys like the guys in Iron Maiden and stuff as like influences and, um, uh, Eddie Van Halen and stuff like that. He's, he's, you know, when you see him, when you see Sloan perform nowadays, uh, the rest of the band seem to be uh, oftentimes like engaging with the audience, whatever. And oftentimes Patrick seems to be just sort of like really in the zone with his, with his guitar. And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's an all timer. I love it. The video, super great. There's one, if there's one thing to nitpick about the video is that for some reason, um, Patrick is wearing a, uh, a striped shirt that makes him look like a referee and no one knows why he wore it and they talk to chris and chris is like i don't know i think he looks like a, a guy at Foot Locker. i don't know why he's wearing it in this <laughs> music video and so he um yeah but uh but yeah this is a great video great song um and I, when I, the last, so the last Sloan show I went to, they did, um, so between, they've been doing a thing where between album cycles, they will do a tour where they play one of their albums front to back. And I've seen them do the Twice Removed tour, the One Chord to Another tour, and then they had just done, pre-COVID, the, the Navy Blues tour. And the thing that was very striking about all these tours is that it did show the limitations of these shows where bands play their albums front to back because you realize a thing that you never talk about that i don't think anybody ever talks about when going to a concert is the element of surprise like of not quite knowing what the next song's gonna be not knowing the set list not knowing the set list and even if you do look at the set list you still you don't have it memorized the way you would an album sequence and it was very interesting to hear them play certain songs in sequence. So Money City Maniacs, up to that point, I'd seen them perform that as a closer. And it would be electric, just people out of their minds. 
having them play this as a mid this is track six i believe on navy blues having them play this in the middle of a set it's just different it's just weird energy yeah it was a weird it was a good it was everyone was happy to hear it but it was like a different energy and also having seen them perform their other albums front to back you could feel like when i would see them it was they were part way through the tour you could feel this sort of perfunctory feeling about it like like this is what we signed up to do but dang this is what we signed up to do and then they would always do a second set of just other songs and immediately the energy completely changes and it just went up and it is one of those things like i want them like when vaccine comes and we get everything cleared up and we get shows again i want them to do it between the bridges show but i also in the back of my mind i'm aware the energy is going to probably be weird again you know so i don't know i mean i haven't i'm trying to think if i've seen any other shows where bands have done the album front to back and you know i I was reminded that i went to when i went to see stabbing westward was that last summer two summers ago who knows what is time anymore uh that show was billed as a darkest day they were going to do darkest days like front to back and what they ended up doing was just a bunch of songs a lot from darkest days but they didn't do it in sequence and i was like maybe that's the way to do it i think that's the way you just focus on it yeah but i've talked to people i talked to some people who went to the third eye blind tour where they were doing it was the anniversary of the first third eye blind record and people showed up to that show expecting them to front to back it and they did not front to back it and people were pissed like they played a lot of the songs but they didn't play them in in the order of the album and people were furious imagine being pissed that third eye blind didn't play their full first album front to back livid all right Uh, all right all right tearing out the lawn up next in our final song from navy blues we get she says what she means So Matt, I want to I want to say thank you to you because you played you played the version from Navy Blues, not the version that's on A Sides Win, which is one of the few crimes I hold against this record is that they removed the cough from the top of this song. I remember the first time hearing this as a Sloan diehard. I've been living with that cough for years. They took the cough out. Leave the cough. And don't, don't you dare take that cough. <laughs> you keep wow. that cough in there. How so, dare yeah, they? I couldn't believe it. I was like, why? Why? 
Why? It's in the video. He kept it in the video. So this is, uh, I, I wrote in my notes, I love, love, love this song. Um, they don't th- do this one live too often because it actually is a bit too high to sing every night. And I guess, yeah, it's one of those things. Like Draymond saying, you write these songs, then you got to perform them. You're like, shit, I can't do these every night. And so yeah, they don't they don't do this one too often. And I think they, even they said when they did the Navy Blues tour, um, they kind of had to figure things some things out to be able to perform this every night. But I love this one. I think this is great. I thought it was a great single. I thought it was fantastic, Jenny. I thought this song was just fine. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. I know a lot of people. Jenny's really not like going it. to a Sloan concert <laughs> you know anytime what? soon, Lauren. Let me tell you something: is that <laughs> I did not realize the level of Jenny's indifference to this band until tonight, and I'm realizing what a good friend you are, Jenny. That you never really told me how indifferent you were to this band because I thought actually that you liked them. And I always would invite you to go to see Sloan with me whenever mm-hmm. they would come to town. And you'd always be like, I can't make it. I can't make it. I was like, that's too bad. Now I know why. <laughs> Listen. You could have just led with that. If somebody comes to me and is like, this is my absolute favorite band. And I love them. And I've seen them a hundred times. And they're amazing. And I love this. And I lo- like, I love that people love things. Whether, I mean, how often are you going to sit down with that person and discuss the band in depth? Um, yeah. I didn't see this coming. I haven't been like keeping up a, a huge ruse. It's just like if somebody really loves something, I, there is a Sloan album that I like. We're just not there yet. There we go. Uh, you know, Sloan, I don't think it would shock anybody that listens to the show. <laughs> like, Sloan isn't quite my speed, you know? <laughs> uh, but you love them, and you're my friend. And, like, what am I going to do? Be like, yeah, I don't Sucks. care about that band. Sucks. Oh, shit. Shut yeah. up. Don't care. <laughs> like, I mean... I guess uh, that's not really uh, how I like to show up in the world. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Matt, thoughts on She Says What She Means? I love that chorus. Um, good Sloan song. Good Sloan song, baby. I'll tell you, I want to go back to Robert here. <sighs> he, now... The the bomb means that he didn't like the album, but Correct. occasionally he doesn't give an overall album really anything, uh, but he will give you some scissors, which mean a, means a choice cut for him. Uh, so on Navy Blues, he says, come on, come on, going to get it started is a choice cut, but that also means that he was pretty indifferent to the rest of the record. I think Robert is over Sloan by the time we're in good old 98. I mean, it sounds it sounds like, Jenny, as much as you don't like his website and you don't like his shirt choices, if you guys got talking Sloan, you'd probably have a, a connected moment. Probably. Maybe. Maybe. 
Uh, the music video for this song is another big old mistake. It's referencing a movie <laughs> that no one has seen. They even say in it that they were like, we didn't really know what was going on. I wrote in my notes that it's a real catastrophe. And uh, according to the band, they no one understood what they were doing. They took away Chris's bass, and so he had nothing to do with his hands, and so he just made up moves. And he says, but I now use those moves all the time in concert anyway. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh it's very weird. Yeah, they they uh he's in a red suit. The whole thing doesn't really make any sense and uh once again, it, the referencing movies that no one's seen is not the move. It's just never the move. Uh so yeah, and then uh yeah, he he does say at one point that, you know, the the single flopped um unlike Money City Maniacs, which was a hit. Um and I don't know how much of that you can put on to the music video, but I was shocked once again to learn that this album only had two singles. Um, very shocked to learn that. Uh, I I could I could pull a bunch off of this thing. I could pull a bunch. Um, and uh, yeah, I believe the there were some songs from this also in a. Uh, in a virgin suicides maybe not. is there i don't remember but i can check quick goo goo uh well jenny googles yeah. well jenny does a goo goo um they were nominated for best rock album at the junos for this record um they did not win they uh lost to matt you get one guess who did they lose to what's the year 1999 that would be bare naked ladies Matt, I'm sorry. They lost to the Tragically Hip. Oh, the other guess. <laughs> the other guess. They lost to the Tragically Hip. Jenny, how's your goo-gooing going? It's going just fine. I, I think everything you've done wrong is the only Sloan song on this record. Now, it might be in the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. That's true. Could be the case. All right. Well, amazingly, we we are we are through the Navy Blues era, and we are now on to the Between the Bridges era. That's right. We've got a couple songs from Between the Bridges here. The first of which is "Losing California." When this song came out, I knew a, a decent amount of people at that point who were also listening to Sloan, who also liked Sloan, and I remember there being a little bit of pushback 
on this single as too radio, too something. And I've since talked to other people, and they're like, yeah, like I've heard people say, like, oh, yeah, Between the Bridges love it, except for losing California. And I'm like, wait, what? And because uh, I feel like it's just like a solid, I think this is just like solid Sloan. I'd, I'd probably put this in like, I don't know, top 75 songs of Sloan, you know, but it's like solid. I think it makes sense. Maybe it seems too safe. It's not as if bands, the Sloan's a dangerous band or anything like that, but I don't know. What, what, what do we think, Jenny, uh, as, as the, as the Sloan agnostic, how do you feel about this song? I liked this. I found, uh, that I am a Patrick person. Mm. So, uh, I liked the song. I thought it was a little more than perfectly fine. There you go. Matt, thoughts on losing California? This is this is kind of where I'm I'm not a Sloan fan anymore. Kind of I'm not listen I don't hear this song as much as I heard Money City Maniacs or anything prior to that. So at this point in my life I, I hadn't heard Losing California too much. It's okay. I'm not crazy about it. I think it's a. I think it's a solid song. They have a. They have like a really nice. They're like a good vibe. Like you could, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about campfire music before, or bonfire music before. Put Sloan on it at the bonfire. You're you're fine. Everybody's cool. Yeah. I agree. I don't think anybody's gonna be like, turn that shit off. I think they're just gonna be like, hey, we're having a vibe. Pool party, Sloan, makes sense. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're my they're my most listened to band on my last FM account, and uh, I yeah. I mean, anytime I'm not like yeah, I can just they got twelve records that I can just dip into at any time and feel good about, and yeah, that that might just be part of it. I mean, I got to tell you. I mean, we haven't gotten to this discography, but for me, one of the most consistent bands. Like, even their, like, ba- albums that aren't, they've never made a bad record. Like, they're, you know, amongst us diehards, it's like you can nitpick them, but it's never like I've listened to one and gone, they fucking blew it. It's never happened. It's never happened. Also, I've got to, once again, give a little context on Between the Bridges, which is a record that seems to be about the fact that they could never quite break it in America, and so that seemed to be the what the album is about. And uh, this record came out in the fall of 1999. I picked this bad boy up, I want to say, a couple weeks before, a couple weeks after Nine Inch Nails, The Fragile came out. I was listening. So fall of 99, I got this bad boy. I got The Fragile. I got Filter, title of record, Basement Jack's... Uh, remedy stone double pilots number four i was living the life living the life i've just come off of a significant other summer i might have been having the best time just listing off all those albums i clearly had to have been so the music video for this song jenny you just skimmed it right that's correct this uh was their attempt as they said in the doc to recreate the album cover so they use a lot of the same color schemes, but it is one of those things where there's multiple Sloans all performing the song, fighting each other, doing whatever. It's a real catastrophe once again. And in the doc, they talk to Andrew. Andrew is, I got to say, both 
checked out and completely lucid at the exact same time. <laughs> it's the only way to describe. It. If you watch this doc, Andrew is both. He says, "I rem." They said, "Do you remember this?" Early on, he goes, "I remember everything." And then they cut to him later, and he goes, "I don't remember that." But when they ask him about this, he says, "Oh yeah, I remember that video." They told me it was going to be like the Matrix. It wasn't like the Matrix. <laughs> And I was like, yep, that's that sounds about right. It's one of those things like you can, you know, you can give a man a blue screen, but it doesn't mean he knows what to do with it. And uh, yeah, so it didn't didn't quite work out for the video, but uh, which also explains like why I'd never seen it before until I watched the DVD. I think we got another one. We sure do. Uh, the last song from Between the Bridges is Friendship. I want to start with you. This is another Patrick song. What did you think of this one? I like it. I think it's fine. Um, I know. Look, I know. <laughs> Man, Jenny coming with these hot takes. Look. Oh, she thinks everything is fine and all right. What a brutality over and over again. Again, I'd like to set you up with my friend. I see your value. <laughs> I, I don't see this working for me, but my friend, she's got a very bespoke mustache wares that she sells at craft fairs. You guys are going to hit it off. This uh, chick tried to set me up with her friend with a mustache. Can you believe that, Matt? Can you believe that? Oh, my God. Unbelievable. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so... This for me is one of the great Sloan songs. This one, I I remember the first time hearing this going, these boys done did it again. Five albums deep. They still got that heat. I couldn't believe it. Incredible stuff. Uh yeah. I just love it. This is this is an all timer. There's a there's a there's a woo on the second verse. Hits me right here. I'm tapping my heart. Incredible. Matt, thoughts on friendship? You've got those classic, classic, tight Sloan harmonies. If you bought your ticket on Sloan, they're giving you what you paid for. Absolutely. And coming off of, so, amongst Sloan fans, you know, there's the thing, what's the best Sloan record? And there's a hot debate. A lot of people just go for the the favorites, your twice, your move, your one chord. 
But between the bridges, baby, that thing is front to back. It's incredible. I think this is the one. Even the B-side, or the the uh, the Japanese bonus track, B-sides, nobody ever heard. Even those are like top 20 Sloan songs. Summer's My Season, which is a bonus track. I sought it out when I was in college, got this thing. I was like, look at these guys. This is the throwaway stuff. This is the stuff they're not even giving us, and it's so good. Ah, I'm going crazy. This music video has quite the story. It's a live performance of the song. Because Chris, in the fall of 2000, he's like, he's still they're still letting him pick the videos, even though his track record is rough. And he even admits that everyone is losing faith in him and his choices. He says, you know what's missing is the live performance. That's what the kids want. So they went and they did the entire album front to back live in front of a live audience and filmed the whole thing and then cut the friendship performance. And he said what the idea was. So we've got the entire record cut, live performance. I will go to Much Music and I will say to the Much Music, the Canadian MTV, and I will say, hey, I can get you a new live video every week if you want. Every week I'll get you a new Sloan, new track from the new album. And they said, no, thank you. (laughs) And that was that. That was that also i think this is the album that i think has the most great andrew songs andrew has the last song on the album delivering maybes which is about as good as it gets he also did the ns um, which i've only seen them perform once and it was a true joy and a surprise when they did it so we're out of this is there jenny yeah is there a robert kreisgau review there is this is going to be our final robert kreisgau review and he just simply gave it a frowning face which basically means (laughs) it's fine (laughs) indifference (laughs) he's i don't know if i frown when i'm indifferent i'm just saying that's his rating scale what a boy oh boy it, it really this is one of those ones though like this record has meant so much to me for my entire life i played this album when we drove ronan home from the hospital after he'd been born like i was like there's a record this boy's gotta hear <laughs> so it is something to see robert christ go be like Meh. skip <laughs> skip i look rush is my favorite band ever and they're very polarizing band (laughs) also canadian boys Mm, so i feel you (sighs) yeah i mean yeah it's i mean i mean i've never even listened to them so there you go i just know the the singles you know i i don't want to spoil next week i didn't select a rush greatest hits but i could at the last minute change my mind yeah. oh boy well that that would oh be a boy. big rug pull that would be a huge rug pull 
It would be very different. That's for sure. Now uh. we are about to move on to the Sloan record that I actually really like. And I wonder if this is the one that people are, I'm assuming now that people who are true Sloan fans are like Patrick songs are for fucking bros and pretty together sucks. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I like this one. So I don't know, but we are now on pretty together, which is the Sloan album that I do like. And the first track we're going to listen to from that is if it feels good, do it. Jenny, it's your fave Sloan album. Let's start with you. Thoughts on If It Feels Good, Do It. I like this song, um, obviously. I like this record. This feels different than other Sloan albums to me. I don't know why. I'm curious, like, from your perspective as somebody who is, like, in about as deep as you can get with, like, Sloan. Like, what is the feeling about this record? Is there anything about it that is different or that feels different to you? So, what I can tell you in the Sloan fandom is that the 90s output is largely considered unimpeachable. Like, albums one through five, they, they were just crushing it one after another after another after another. When this record came out, this was the first time amongst Sloan people that it was divisive. It got, I remember, I went, so this was my, like, I love this record. So I was, like, all in when this record came out. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was like, new Sloan, let's fucking go. But I remember I went uh, I went record shopping the following summer with my friend uh, Kelly, uh, who actually recently passed away. Very sad. But she when her, her and I were talking records and everything. And I remember that I was, she asked me like what my, my fave albums were of the previous year or whatever. And I was like, well, my number one was Sloan Pretty Together. And she goes, what? 
Metro Times only gave it like a three out of five. And I was like, oh boy. And then in talking to other people and everything, it's just, yeah, it tends to be, it's it's the first record where people were really mixed. When you look up reviews for it, the reviews are just okay in a lot of places. Um, I remember sending, the, when this song first came out, I remember having an MP3 of it and sending it to a buddy of mine. And he was like, nah. And then even even this, like, there are people that are di- that are divided on this riff. There's like these people who think like this riff doesn't kick in, it doesn't do right, that it promises one thing it doesn't. I've heard that a lot. I've heard people say like, if it feels good, do it. It wants to be Money City Maniacs too, and it doesn't pull it off. And it's funny to me because I'm like, no. I mean, this is. I think this song nails it. I think it's great. I think they're going for like more of like an Aerosmith vibe a little bit. Um, that seems to be the reference point here. And maybe that might be the thing is that they've been pulling from the Stones. They've been pulling from the Beatles. And now they're pulling from Aerosmith, who, listen, <laughs> they're honking on the Bobo. But it's not it's not the same level of respectable reference, I guess you could say. So, yeah. So this is, this is, this is a divisive record uh, for Slum. Maybe I'm secretly an Aerosmith lady secretly jenny you own honking on the bobo it sits on your nightstand you see it every time before you go to bed and then you wake up every morning and you say bobo blessed be bobo it's so true um my favorite song from this record is not a single which is dumb in my opinion oh what's your in your eyes is my favorite Mm, which is another patrick song Yes, so I guess I'm a Patrick person. You're a but Patrick girl. There is one more song from. Oh, Pretty hold on! Together. Before that, oh, I shit. just want to know Matt's so thoughts sorry. on Good this point. one. Uh, I probably would not have picked this up. Um, this one does not do it for me. This is what I'm saying. Divisive. Hey. Divisive. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Quick cue. Um, yeah. How respectful of our time is this album? <laughs> this album comes in at 54 minutes and 54 seconds. All right. Up next, we've got The Other Man. Jenny, thoughts on the other man? Uh, I like the song. I think 
What I like about this record that feels different than a lot of the other songs is that it feels like it slows down a little bit and is a bit moodier in some ways. Like maybe it's just that I haven't like listened to the other records enough and there would be songs that I really liked buried in them. But I I think that like the other songs might be a little too poppy to like capture me. Like when I'm listening to pop music, there's, I don't know. All of that is to say, I just, there's something that feels like different about this song than any of the other songs we've listened to so far. And it just, it feels like it slows itself down a little bit. Uh, and I like that. Yeah. This song has always felt to me like, undeniable this is another sloan classic i remember the first time hearing this song and going oh oh wow like this i mean that's the thing is like you can nitpick at the rest of this record and i know people have pick it up and dial it i've heard many a criticism about life of a working girl i think some people might put that on their bottom tier sloan song i remember seeing the pretty together tour and uh, them busting that song out with, I think, just Andrew on like a harpsichord and Patrick and, and, uh, and Chris tried sort of vamping around the stage with the mic by himself. And I could feel the audience going, this is not what we are here for. Uh, it wasn't an extreme. It wasn't like the time that I saw the Strokes and they did like a slow ballad in the middle of the set. And a guy turned to his friend and went... I thought we were seeing the fucking strokes. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, you could feel that sort of that level of tension. Um, but I mean, this album, this song, it feels good. Do it. The great wall an- another great Andrew song. I mean, there are some really, you know, I mean, the thing with this record is that like, I hear people talk about it being flawed and all this stuff. And yet it's one of the ones I listen to the most. I, I just love it. Um, there was a video for this song it is one of the ones they said it where the concept didn't quite translate but the video actually still works out because there are strings at the very end of the song and so you have the band performing in front of an orchestra who are just turning the pages that are just blank measures to get to the last seconds and they and then there's a young kid who's got a very uh wes anderson vibe about him and he's like sort of going around the school not quite getting to rehearsal or what have you um the juiciest part of this song though is that it is about a real relationship chris was the other man in a relationship with one feist wow wow yes you guys don't know this story no. no. Yes. Chris was apparently having a clandestine relationship with Leslie Feist of Feist fame and also broken social scene because she apparently was with the main guy in broken social scene at the time and also seeing Chris. And wow. he was the other man. Mm. and uh yeah so very vivid also we did not talk about it but the if if it feels good do it video is another is one of their better videos they're rocking and it also is notable on the doc that they said yeah in that one we got a real director and it really paid off (laughs) i do have to say i i can't stop thinking about what you just said about seeing the strokes 
and somebody being like, I thought we came here to see the fucking Strokes. That's insane to me. The Strokes, most middle-of-the-road music I've ever heard in my life. I have seen so many fucking, like, rock bands. People are like, yeah, here we fucking go. And it's just... I'm like, what are we getting ready to fucking do, you dorks? Like... It's like, oh, we're going to go see this band. Here we fucking go. And I'm like, you're going to slightly bop and drink a beer to this mid-tempo shit? Like, what are we What are we here to fucking do seeing the Strokes? Like, I don't know why this makes me mad right now. <laughs> but I want to, like, bully those men. And I know that's wrong. I know that. But I just, like, oh, I feel like so many times, like... For example, a band like Parquet Courts, right? You, oh, oh Jenny, boy. Are, Jenny, we're already deep. This is a long app. I don't <laughs> okay. know if you want to open this can of worms. I but won't. go. No, but no, go. no, 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 no. I will just say, I don't get it. And I know a lot of people that have like a lot of passion. Like, we're going to go see fucking Parquet Courts. And I'm like, okay. Okay. You're going to just kind of move a little bit while you stand and enjoy a Stone and Sarmy. Look, am I right? No, obviously not. (laughs) These bands are hugely successful and very popular and people enjoy them. So, like, it's just my opinion. And, you know, I'm I'm fully able to eat shit. Like, it's fine with me. It just, there's something about it that just, I'm like, what? By the way, uh, Jenny, you now have to uh, re-up your uh, headstone, too. I'm willing to eat shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I just, what I need you guys to do is give me just like a really, really, really huge headstone and just put, I want it to be very chaotic energy when somebody walks by I mean, I can't wait to exp- explain it to Mitch, you know, and and just be like, "Listen, this is what she wanted." Also, these pants, I don't agree with them, but Jenny <laughs> yeah. would say they're the right choice right now. That's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, I want to just tell everybody listening who's made it this far that Jenny is holding back on her parquet courts thoughts. Um, the things that you've said to me over text about this <laughs> band is, I remember thinking, "Yeah, they're not." They're not good, I agree, but holy shit, you don't like this band. Man, Jenny went off on clap your hands and say yeah. Oh, oh get her same fucking genre. Oh, same there we go. Thing. Matt, Matt. Oh, <laughs> Three-hour pod. Three-hour <laughs> we'll Jenny just slagging the entire class of 2005 pitchfork. 100%. 100 percent oh oh boy all right i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i did not mean to take us there we Uh. are now onto the album action packed we've only got one song from that record and it's the rest of my life
So action-packed. I'm just going to read my notes because you're going to love this, Jenny. <laughs> I said, this was their first album where I thought, this is fine. <laughs> I agree with you. Look at this. Look yeah. at how gifts bring people together. It's true. It's true. And, you know, this, this song is nice. And this is the start of a run of songs that they would do, I think, really to this day, about getting older like it's really like the 90s stuff they're all the young guys in a band and then once they get into the 2000s into the 30s into their 40s they're all sort of like oh now we're getting older now we're sort of having to like think more seriously about things as you often do when you're in your 30s Lori. let me tell you i'm much more introspective in my 30s now and uh and i remember hearing this one thinking it was maybe a little hokey because it is so sincere but i i've seen them perform this song in canada and it it hits baby it hits i've seen them perform it in like detroit and it's it it does all right but you see them perform this thing in canada and it's people this is this is the anthem um this yeah this record was one of the ones where i believe patrick has said that they recorded this all together and for whatever reason this is the album where the songs sound like very samey like it doesn't feel so much like oh now i'm on a patrick song oh now i'm on uh, a chris song like it, it 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 didn't have that vibe to it anymore and it's one of their shorter it's it's a short record it's a 38 minute record but i remember thinking like when you got near like the back half that it was like kind of running out of steam and it wasn't even that long wasn't that i never thought it was bad i still listen to it from time to time it's got some fun songs uh, false alarm is a really good jay song i mean jenny have you heard action packed no i haven't i have a feeling you would really connect to a lot of the patrick songs on it they're very like I think he's just kind of going for like a like a very straight ahead sound, even more so than something like uh, Losing California. But um, yeah, I mean, what did you what did you think of the rest of my life? Uh, I thought it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair, Matt. You know, I'm I'm happy that they're they're doing something that's a little bit different. But um, yeah, it, it definitely feels like. Hey, what a this this trip around the sun is pretty fucking crazy, right? <laughs> oh man, sometimes you just gotta realize what's going on around you. It's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. It is true. And it's a thing. It's it's sincere and it's kind of hokey. And you're either going to be there for it or you're not. The music video is another uh, another case where they were told it was going to look one way. And then they showed up on set and Andrew said, what are we doing here? What's going on? And they actually showed some clips of unused footage where it is one of those things where you realize once again how real Spinal Tap is. Because they've got Patrick playing, not Patrick, they have Andrew playing drums in like almost like an igloo of neon. And he's like, it took forever to film, and they didn't even use it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can just feel what that meant. You know, you're in there, you feel, am, am I absurd? Is this silly? I don't know. Do I want them to use it? It's taking a lot of time, but also, do I want them to use it? It's, it, you know, what a feeling that must be. And uh, that is uh, that is it for the songs from the albums. And of course, of course, 
you've got to tack on. You got to make it like, why is the hardcore going to pick this bad boy up? This greatest hits. If you don't give them a couple exclusives. We've got the exclusives. Uh, first of which is all used up. Slow. Jenny, another Patrick Rocker, solid in the pocket, doing what he does. Sloan doing what they do. How'd this, how'd this fare for you? I liked the song. It sounded like a little more interesting than maybe some of the other songs did. So at least, like, I liked the riff up top. Um, I thought it was fun. There you go, Matt. Like this one, yeah. Needed a little shot in the arm. There you it. go. There you go. Matt 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 just needs to rock. You know what Matt, a shot in the arm just coming off a of ministry last week. Careful. Hey man. Be careful. Hey man. <laughs> uh yeah, this one uh this one I remember first time hearing this one uh on the amp. I was like, "All right. Yeah, this is what I, this is what I want. This is what I want from Patrick. This is what I want from Sloan." Uh they made two music videos for this thing. The first one just being a sort of red and yellow color saturated thing. The second one being a sort of weird uh patrick is playing like a like an exaggerated over the top rock star and uh who like is like gives his car to like you know guys to park it of course also played by members of the band and they of course take it for a joyride and jump it off of things and i was like this video i think it kind of pulls together i think i think it kind of pulls together also the jumps they look good they did got some good jumps with this vehicle. So, which uh, based on the season of Project Greenlight that I watched, getting the car stunt done well, tough, tough, tough stuff, tough stuff. All right, one left. All right, the final song. Let's try to make it. Will be mine, but I 
this one's got kind of a a bit of a twee indie sound, but very, I you know, uh, a lot of the Sloan records, obviously the the key ones are all '90s stuff. So you kind of can say it has a '90s sound. This song especially sounds like 2005 to me in what was going on. So it feels very current to that time. What did you think of this one, Jenny? I thought this one was all right. Not my fave. Mm-hmm. I kind of figured that. I think that. Um, I don't know if that's a, a, a synthesizer or a, or a, I don't know, a piano sound. I don't know if it's a piano. I think it's more of a synthesizer up top. I, I imagine that was not your speed necessarily. That's my speed, baby. There it is. Matt Matt got that shot. In they the just arm. Uh, hit the clutch and put it in <laughs> gear nos. <laughs> the nos gear. Get it in that nos gear, baby. And. That's the album. That's A Sides Win, Sloan, singles 1992 to 2005. I will say, coming off of this, the band was, you know, they'd had a divisive record in Pretty Together. They had a, that's eh, fine record in Action Packed. They were reinvigorated. They filed this up in 2006 with Never Hear the End of It, 30 songs, 76 minutes, is considered one of their best by not just me but other sloan diehards i was texting someone about la- just last week i was like never heard the end of it and, the- and my buddy was like yeah it might be the best one it might be the best one yeah i'm texting about sloan constantly hey you love them <laughs> i love them for it and i love them you gotta you gotta have your joy you do i will i will say before we get to talking about gift talk um that i did get to meet one of the members of the band at this most recent concert before COVID. i got to meet chris murphy i was with my friend lauren we got to stand in line and chat with him for a minute and it was very funny he was talking to us but he really just wanted to talk to her and you know what i get it 100 (laughs) percent It was it was funny to experience in that thing of just like, you're this guy, you're in a band, you got a line of people to talk to you, and here's this dude who's like, I love you, you guys are great. I didn't even know what I said to him. Probably something dumb. Probably just whatever. I thought you're great. I think you can't do great. anything but say dumb stuff. You can't when just you just dumb stuff. Yeah. yeah. And she was talking to him, and she got him to FaceTime with her friend and this whole thing. And yeah, it was uh, it was really something. So uh but he was he was very nice even though it was very clear that he'd rather talk to a girl i get it i get it i get it who wouldn't rather talk to a girl who wouldn't rather who wouldn't so that's the record and now um and now we're gonna have a little gift talk gift talk yeah uh we'll start with you jenny and this what do you think of this as a gift i think it's a lovely gift and I appreciate you sharing your faves with us. Thank you for the gift. <laughs> you are welcome. Matt. I mean, how can I take a look at a package packed with love and say anything other than thank you? What a delight to revisit that early Sloan for me that uh, will always be nostalgic and close to my heart. Um I think I need to re uh, explore some of their uh, later work with a little bit more time and a little bit more uh, 
critical listening, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term. I don't know. But what a collection. Some strange A-side choices. Still, Deeper Than Beauty, you're kidding me. That song's a winner all day. You know what? You never know what's going on. We've talked about this. Listen, new metal, where have you, all the time. Sometimes you think that's the single. That's what you went with. It's 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 across the board in the music industry. People try it. You can say they're trying their best or they're just trying something. But sometimes it's like, just why don't you try the right choice? Mm. Um, for me, as a Sloan head, as a Sloan maniac, I don't even know what Sloan fans are called. Sloanies? I don't know. This is, I, I, I wrote in my notes that this is pretty rock solid representation of the band i think it plays up the rocking aspect more than their softer side which is funny uh considering that i'm sure a lot of people are like this this thing didn't rock but uh this uh you know i think it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty solid representation i think if you like this then you'll you'll definitely like the discography as you go deeper um i will say that there are some people I've talked to about the record that came after this, Never Hear the End of It, who have told me that that record is strictly for diehards because it is 76 minutes long and it's so much Sloan. But for me, it's a it's 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 like a buffet I never wanted. It's to their end. masterwork. It's their masterwork. It's incredible. But they've since put out more records after that. Their record, their most recent record, Twelve, uh, is is uh, uh, as good as anything they've done. The Double Cross from 2011. That thing felt like I was like this band can't be stopped, cannot be stopped. Incredible, incredible stuff. So that is the end of week two of uh, Greatest Hits Month, and clearly we're throwing curveballs. Next week, I'm just gonna say one thing. It's it's Jenny. It's your pick, and I'm just gonna say they ain't ready. Mm. They're not ready. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait That's to give right. this gift. There it is. So more gifts to come on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Another episode of Roach Coach. Uh, keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us your emails. Roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt. Matt. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.